0: Everyone wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let everyone know that the next seven day fasting lifestyle challenge registration link is live. You can go to the show notes, click the link for more details, or you can go to www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. Wanted to speak directly to you if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're new and just getting started, or maybe. Um, you've been fasting for a while and really trying to adopt that lifestyle and the scale just won't move beyond that two to four, or three to five pounds each week, or maybe you feel like you've hit that dreaded weight loss plateau, or maybe the hunger, or as my wife likes to say, the hangriness has snuck up and bit you on the backside and you just can't seem to get away from those cravings, or the consistency of your fasting schedule just isn't allowing you to get back on track if you've fallen by the wayside. This seven-day lifestyle challenge is exactly for you. It's coming up in the near future. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are super excited to be leveling up this experience and leaving that diet baggage behind, giving you the confidence and the habits to build that long-term weight loss and fasting lifestyle success. Go to the show notes. You can click the link or www.thefastingforlife.com com forward slash live we will hope to see you on the inside and now to today's episode hey everyone welcome to the fasting for life podcast my name is dr scott water and i'm here as always with my good friend and colleague tommy welling good afternoon to you sir hey scott how are you doing fantastic my friend as always i'm excited about today's episode and today's conversation it is going to be a winding path through the cardiometabolic benefits of fasting Mm -hmm. and uh, different uh, research articles, but more importantly, the action that we can take to continue to level up our fasting skills and make fasting a long-term solution to weight loss and health uh, and making it a lifestyle. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you want to learn more about why we started it and who we are, the first two episodes, episode zero and episode one, uh, in about 30 minutes, you'll know our entire story, what our intentions are, where our heart lies, what our journey looked like to end up here.
1: Mm-hmm. And we
0: want to welcome you to the Fasting for Life family. Uh, for you long-term listeners, you repeat offenders that keep showing up because you like what you hear. <laughs> we really appreciate y'all, uh, the feedback, the comments. Uh, yeah. We prefer the five-star reviews, but we also like honesty as well. So we are happy that you are here. <laughs> hey, and five-star you... reviews are honest too, right? They are, they are, yeah, yeah, but we just prefer those, right? So yeah. uh, drop us, drop us one, drop us a comment, send us a message. One of the things that we attempted to do and uh, attempt to do every single week is bring you something that is topical, that is actionable, mm-hmm. and um, that you can just implement right now and know that you are continuing to do what's right on your fasting journey. So yeah, with today's conversation, Tommy, it's interesting because uh, we were looking through you know, combing the interwebs for different fasting topics. And I think we're on episode 120 something now, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, have we talked about this before? What, what, how are we, what lens are we looking through it? What are the fasting benefits? Uh, is there, you know, a good outcome, a bad outcome? Is it applicable to what we do and how we live our lives? So today it's fun, yeah. because when we first started looking at this, We looked at the cardiometabolic benefits of fasting, and then we started to dive into this this, uh, article summary, this narrative review, and we're going in a bunch of different directions. Body weight reduction, blood pressure, insulin resistance, oxidative stress, uh, free radicals, uh, plasma lipids. I mean, it's just gonna, yeah, Mm -hmm. cognition. It's just gonna keep going, but it's really cool because it, it opened up the ability to really land in a place where a lot of the struggle and the sticking points to making fasting work for you are Mm -hmm. are kind of interwoven into these different articles and conversations so i think it's gonna be fun and um, i'm gonna let you kick it off with the kind of takeaway from the the original thought of okay cardiometabolic benefits what does that look like and what are they
1: yeah the the cool thing is um here that they were they, they broke up fasting into three different categories um that are popular ways to go about fasting so um, an alternate day fasting type schedule, a five two diet quote unquote schedule, and a time restricted eating, um, like more of a 16 hours fasted eight hours of a of a feasting um, type of window. And then looking at the 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 benefits uh, of those, they what they found was all three were beneficial for blood pressure and for lowering insulin and lowering insulin resistance levels. So that's that's super cool, very promising. But the interesting part that, that I found was um, the ADF and 5-2 had decreased LDL, decreased triglycerides as well, but those were correlated with the amount of weight that was actually lost, whereas time-restricted eating going up to that 18 hours fasted point showed less than 5% weight loss in the trial, so it's not reaching like a substantial clinical um, type level, whereas the ADF and the five, two did Whoa,
0: Okay, man. All right, let's unpack this. This is going to be fun. By yeah. the way, the images in this review are terrible. So the visual representation <laughs> of these fasting schedules is really important. Yeah. And that's how we started. We started making customized fasting schedules way back in the day for, for people that were looking for help. And we realized that the customization, uh, the individualization wasn't there. And then it was just like, all right, here's your schedule but yeah. it never really resulted in a, a change or, or a, a long-term habitual change that resulted in yeah. long-term results. Yeah. So looking at this, just unpack a little bit about that. Um, and I love that the, it's interesting that the TRE, and they said in the summary, the the one of the downfalls is that there aren't a, a ton of human trials and mm-hmm. the ones that are, are, are limited in their scope and their comparativeness. So yeah. the TRE studies, were not clinically significant for weight loss. So if you're looking out there going, well, I could do my old caloric restriction, low and slow, eat every day or work Mm -hmm. out five, six days a week, get my steps in, or I could implement fasting, the TRE study, the time restricted eating, right? And that's the variability between, you know, like a 16, eight, where you fast for 16, you eat for eight, your your eating window, your consumption window, your nutrition window, as we like to call it, Mm -hmm. is eight hours all the way down to about four hours, right? Mm-hmm. which is a what we would say is a, a warrior as a 24, mm-hmm. right? There is a lot more opportunity for uh, misstep in terms of yeah. consumption if you're for not sure, really yeah. careful in honing in on what you are consuming. So you're really just taking fasting mm-hmm. and some 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 windows and you're putting it into a caloric restriction, calorie in, calorie out model. So yeah. I'm not surprised that the article, it's, it's not clinically significant in weight difference, true, which is true. the 5-2 diet, Five days a week, you eat normally (air quotes) based mm-hmm. off of your TDEE, so your total daily energy expenditure. Mm-hmm. And then the two days are you're allowed up to 500 calories for women and 600 calories for men. Uh, and what we would recommend is actually fast completely on those days, right? Because you get that extended right. fasting window a little bit. But for the for the um, spirit of this discussion and what we're talking about in the in the articles that they reference. Um, those were the parameters, but one of the uh, the registered dietitians commented on the AD the five two diet being difficult to stick to, and mm-hmm. she mentioned that it was her comment was based on the fasting days were the more difficult part, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sitting here going, well, no, in my opinion, it's 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 the feasting days, the normal days, because you need to know what TDE is, you need to track it, you need to weigh, mm-hmm. you need to plan, right, and with fasting it gives you that freedom and that wiggle room and that buffer right and then we're going to go into all the other physiological benefits but just from a time standpoint and a mental aptitude and tracking and all of that it's it's in my opinion more difficult on the five days when you're eating normally than it is on the two days unless you eat the exact same thing every single day at every single time
1: yeah yeah and and that's that's where i I got to um whenever i was doing like meal prep four or five six times a day i just go eight hours on sundays yeah Yeah. So I, I just got to a point where I'm just eating the exact same thing. Every single time I busted out, you know, the little, uh, Pyrex, the little glass container, I, I would take out the exact same dish that just, some I, I type of chicken, with it. some yep. type of seasoning,
0: some yep. type of green vegetable, green and beans, some type of, yeah. Some type of starch, green beans, yep. broccoli. Yeah. I mean,
1: that was it. Yep. Yeah. A little rice. Yeah. Brown rice is what I had. Maybe and, drizzle and, yeah.
0: of olive oil, something. Right. But I mean, oh, my goodness, that gets boring.
1: It, it was it was boring, but it, it was also I, I was feeling awful doing it too. So you're I right. agree with you. I think I think on the 5.2 and also the ADF. Um, if you're if you're doing kind of just those normal days and you're still doing three, four, five times that you're actually consuming during those times, that can be a lot to to track and make sure that you're not over consuming during those days because a lot of times. Especially in the beginning, it's easy to go, well, I, I just fasted yesterday, um, so I guess I could have a little bit more today, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not as, as diligent today and a little more overindulgent today. And if I, if I do that too many times across the week, that's really going to add up and that's going to undo what I did yesterday. So um, the scale doesn't necessarily keep moving from there. And, um, uh, like on the alternate day, it's, it's, it's similar, but it has, it has more of those fasting opportunities. So like three of the quote unquote eating normal days, and then four of the fasting days, either full fast or more likely most people would do that five or 600 calories, I believe.
0: Yeah. They say, and you can look at it as about 25% of your caloric needs or, or mm-hmm. daily energy needs, right? It's called modified ADF. Yeah. But the thing with those two, so that the TRE we talked about how it's it doesn't have any of those extended fasting windows where you get past that 18 to 20 hour mark and insulin really drops. Yeah. So the reason I went back to insulin is if we look at the 5-2, you have normal eating days, right? We talked about that already, but then on your fasting days, you still have an opportunity. So every time you have an opportunity, you're spiking insulin. Mm-hmm. You could be potentially based on what you're eating, time of the day, circadian rhythm, all of these other... Uh, hormonal inputs as well. You could be spiking insulin and just shutting down fat burning for you know a few extra hours. So yes, you're fasting, but you're still not into a a fat burning mode, right? Yeah. Right. So same thing with ADF. All of those opportunities on those on those eating days or those feasting days. Feasting days. They call them feasting, feasting days. days. Oh, yeah, as they I, say, I, right? It's like yeah, oh, the
1: buffet's open, right? No. That just brings me to the buffet, right? Right, I, right. Exactly. I hate calling it a
0: feasting day. I know, but again, it's it's every time you have you're putting more energy into the bloodstream, mm-hmm. more insulin production. And if you've got big swings or you're in the pre-diabetic category or the diabetic category and you're, and you're using, you know, medications at this point, like insulin and metformin and those things. yeah, I mean, you really can't get ever, really, you can't get out of your own way from a physiolog- physiological standpoint because you're continually right. stoking the fire, right? So mm-hmm. even with all of that said, right, the cool outcomes here were, to recap what you said, right? That clinically significant weight loss, and then the reduction in blood pressure, fasting insulin and insulin resistance. So even Mm. with that, you were able to see reductions in your LDL, in your triglycerides. But we did uh, an an entire episode on this, Tommy, that in the beginning, or if you're fasting, doing longer fasting windows, 24 hours Mm. plus, your short-term numbers will go up temporarily. Yeah,
1: yeah, good point. And that's something like really important that we don't often see, um, talked about because depending on the, the actual length of the trial or how much somebody actually had to lose, like how, how much additional fat stores did they actually have, they may or may not have actually taken the blood work and seen those, those temporary blips, those increases in, in potentially the LDL or the triglycerides or total cholesterol that could have been concerning or could've been like, oh, am I doing something wrong here? Do I need to change what I'm eating? But that that's actually a natural part of the the, the fat loss, fat burning process when you're using, um, well, when you're using fasting and it's it's working. You're just working through the process and that's, that's a temporary thing, so good, good point.
0: And I wanna hit a couple more of the highlights of the other articles that were kind of uh,
1: included in
0: in mm-hmm. the actual big picture text where they kind of did their big picture summary. Yeah, okay. And then we'll go into, the sticking points that we see that are kind of woven in between here on the things that stop most people from being able to continue or get out of the starting block successfully Mm. with fasting, right? So some of the other research articles that were in here were really cool. And there was a couple of human studies. And one of them was that intermittent fasting improves health and longevity through small changes in metabolism Stress resistance, cognition and reductions in reactive oxygen species and inflammation over a long time span. So we're not talking eight week trial. We're talking long term span. And there's so much in there in terms of important long term health metrics
1: and not just, you know, getting the weight off, so to speak yeah and when we're talking about oxygen species reactive oxygen species and inflammation that i i love the fact that it's over a long time span because if you think about it if we're doing things to reduce reactive oxygen or reduce inflammation and we're we're doing that in a way that's that's adding up like a, a little bit like maybe a, a 10% or a 20% reduction today like is really, really having long-term effects because the the older we are, the the more age we have on ourselves and our in our body, the more those things affect us more substantially, like faster. So if we can if we can reduce these things earlier and, and get the benefit of all that time, that means a much, much stronger, healthier body in the later years in life where we we oftentimes see this segregation between like quality of life that that happens whether it's neurological decline or it's it's something else in 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 the in the, in the rest of the body that's that's declining yeah. faster than than it it should be or than it could be if, if if we could have done something different a long time ago,
0: and there's the phys- the physical decline too right so it's yeah the pain the symptoms the lack of movement the extra weight the and then you have all of the comorbidities and things that come with all of those different things right so. Right. I will say that, you know, just breathing though, does produce uh, root re- reactive oxygen species. So this is not yeah. something that's like, oh no, wait a minute, hold on, I need to go freak out about this, right? No, it's okay. They're just, <laughs> I shouldn't say just, they're free radicals, right? So yeah. the problem is, the cool thing that you were just alluding to is that the more we decrease that, you decrease the potential damage to DNA, RNA proteins, healthy cells, which will lead mm-hmm. to the decrease in disease processes, accelerated aging, right. and other ailments. So right. exactly. it's a natural process. The cool part is, is that we get to see this additional benefit while fasting. And I mean, that's I mean, yeah, sure. Stick to your schedule, you're gonna lose some weight, but this is the cool stuff that I like.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is where the rubber really meets the road here. Yeah. And um, you know, I I just think that. That if we're if we're looking at this and longevity through better stress resistance like like overall again if we look at how the body actually reacts to stress i mean stressors can be like everyday stressors but they can also be actual disease processes that we might have to, that we might get exposed to or we might have to fight off right like we we never know when we're fighting through a bacteria or a virus um and and how that actually how we're actually reacting to that so like what's our immune system actually doing on a moment to moment basis we have no idea but we do know how often we're getting sick or when we do get sick how bad like how long does it take to recover from that so the fact that that fasting is showing improvement in all of these cool ways is is like incredibly promising and the the data is is mounting on this stuff like we're building um a library of data for actual Human trial fasting, like at this point, there's there's not a whole lot of it uh, for for things like this.
0: Hey, y'all! I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's AirDoctorPro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, FastingForLife to receive up to three hundred dollars off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two year old, has not slept consistently through the night. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. A lot of these studies that we're today are much more um, recent, 2018, 2019, 2020, right? And there's a cool one here from 20 that suggests intermittent fasting can improve specific exercise performance outcomes such as aerobic capacity. Okay, I am not a specific exercise performance person anymore. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've given that up. I I need to move (laughs) my body person yeah. okay simply effectively 20 30 minutes get my heart right up boom done i'm out okay yeah but i will tell you that to your point about the immune system i was when i was insulin resistant and heavy i was sick all the time like every six to eight weeks i'd yeah. get a bug i'd get a cold i'd wake up stuffy etc 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 right right and that leads me to being sensitive with breathing all the way back to my journey i won't spare mm. you the details you can go back and listen to that first uh first uh, second episode episode one excuse me There is an episode zero where we talk about our stories, Uh, but is the breathing like I know chasing my kids around, like being in practice, seeing, you know, hundreds of patients a week. Like I was tired. I was out of breath a lot. Mm. It doesn't happen anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. I I mean, it's 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 so crazy. That's that's real life. Like like I, I used to just um, migrate towards the stairs. Like I, uh, like, I'm like a magnet, it would, it would just pull, uh, pull me towards the elevator, excuse me. And then, you know, now I find myself just naturally just taking the stairs more often getting to, you know, whichever floor I'm going to, you know, without being out of breath, like that was completely unheard of. And I mean, it, it, it changed with, with the degree of the weight loss too, but, right. um, really cool to see the, um, the aerobic benefits coming in, uh, with fasting as well.
0: And my favorite one that was, Kind of included uh in between uh, in the uh, big picture summary is yeah. a secondary analysis from 2021 of a 2019 eight-week randomized controlled trial right this is really cool yeah reported that women who consumed 70 percent of their energy requirements through intermittent fasting lost more weight and fat and reduced non-sterified fatty acids right so decreased mm-hmm. fatty acids an indicator of excessive fat metabolism and circulating ketone bodies compared to the same level of caloric restriction or intermittent fasting with no energy deficit. So Mm. more weight loss, more reduction of fatty acids, right? And it showed when directly compared to the caloric restriction. So if I'm out there going, all right, I've tried everything else. I know I'm fasting. I'm not seeing the weight change yet. Then it might be time to take a week and just track some things and find out yeah. where you're at in terms of the consumption. So when everybody asks, well, if, okay, if I'm doing OMAD, what should my calories be on any given day? Well, if you're in fat mm-hmm. loss mode and the, the t- takeaway here is to get the weight off, right? Let's right. get the weight off and let the let the system stabilize. And then we're going to go into the, the, the hormonal changes and other things that we see, the, the sticking points with, you know, adherence long-term, stress response, hunger cues, right. food quality, right, food choices. So long-term st- long term outcomes. But when we're looking at um, getting that weight off, then look, you, you need to look at kind of where you're at. So don't try to consume all of your daily calories in a two-hour eating window.
1: Right, right, right. This
0: just shows right here from this study <laughs> that like you're not, it's not going to work. It has to be... That's 70% or less. And we usually say, try to get your 60 to 70 mark. If you're eating more fat, it's gonna be easier. If you're just eating mm-hmm. vegetables, you're gonna be eating for three hours, okay? Yeah. To get to that caloric level, but you yeah. gotta play around <laughs> with it and kind of figure it out.
1: Yeah, depending on how that macro breakdown, um, right. It- how how it goes it might be uh it might be a little more difficult to to get in all those calories in a in a smaller window but uh, i i think a lot of people come to fasting with with that in mind um that hey i'm i'm going to get the benefits if i'm fasting but let me make sure i'm getting 100 percent of my my caloric needs but uh, you know if you're in if you're in fat loss mode you have weight to lose you're going to have to build in um, a calorie deficit somewhere and the cool thing is when we combine that with fasting then we get the reduction in insulin for a prolonged period of time and the benefit of the caloric restriction, which means I'm burning through more calories than I'm taking in, which means I have to tap into those long-term fat stores. And so that, that, that's where the magic really starts to happen. And, um, you know, one more point on, on, on these studies in the, in the summary here is, is they were looking for cognitive benefits, um, as well. And, and the studies are, are kind of lacking, you know, on, on like their short-term cognitive benefits, but I'll tell you from an anecdotal standpoint. I mean, it didn't take me long getting into consistent, successful fasting to, to, um, to actually feel some major cognitive benefits, like, like brain fog, just gone for the first time ever. And like, it, it felt like all new gears were firing in my brain. Like I, I, I've never, I've never had this amount of energy sustained and focused. And it, it was it was all after I started consistently fasting. So I'm pretty surprised that they haven't found objective data for this yet. But when I started looking at the details of how they actually designed that those parts of the study, it's not really surprising to to say, oh, okay, well it's been 14 or 16 hours since you've eaten last." Here's here's like a, you know a simple memory game or something along those lines. Oh, okay. They're, they're similar results in, in both groups. Okay. Well, that, that's not really, um, where the magic kind of starts to happen. We're going to need a a longer fasting window and probably some more, um, sustained focused kind of, um, testing to, to uncover some of that stuff. But I I think it'll eventually come out in the data too.
0: Yeah. Anecdotally, like, like you said, man, probably the number one NSV that we get and we hear, Mm -hmm. um, outside of, You know even even regardless even if the weight hasn't changed and people start fasting and that that one meal a day gets it for most people because that Mm -hmm. bdnf factor goes up at about that time for a lot for a lot of people depends on on where you're at but is the the number one non-scale victory is i feel better i feel Mm -hmm. clearer i have less brain fog i almost feel euphoric in a way right Right, and you're like, whoa, right? And and that was one of the biggest things for me after the first few days, when I you know figured out not to try to consume everything in a short period of time that I'd missed out <laughs> on during the day, including everything yeah. from you know what to, you, to all of it. I got an hour. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Feasting um, window. Right? Yeah. After a few of those, I was like, okay, all right, that's not cool. Next day, a little bit more difficult. But mm. after just a few of those in the very beginning, it was it was um, it was fun to see like I it. How I translate that now, two and a half years later, is Sunday is my favorite day to fast into Monday because Monday is my busiest day of the week. Ah, okay. Hands down, it is. It is packed, and I like to jam pack the beginning of the week. So then, as the end of the week comes, it gives me more flexibility, right? So just for family and travel and whatnot. So I love, and I got this from a, a colleague of mine who who has a clinic in Florida. And I was like, "Hey, what you fast right?" He's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Every Sunday I do a 24 hour fast." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "So I'm fresh on Monday." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" So when I got a busy Mm -hmm. Monday, I love that. So yeah, I know the studies don't show it yet, but it is the number one thing that we hear outside of even if the scale hasn't moved. Is I notice this change Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm when I'm consistently fasting, which was that second point that you mentioned. Is yeah, the memory game after. 12, 14 hours, probably not gonna, to show an outcome, (laughs) but consistently over a month, right? Making those changes, losing the weight, sleeping better, uh, better Mm -hmm. hydration, like things start to snowball.
1: They do. And that's the
0: part that I really like, which leads into the last part of today's conversation, which is the additional benefits of fasting that are different from the original three ADF-5-2 and TRE studies that we mentioned to start this off today. Mm-hmm. Is that in those, you still have a lot of potential for not great adherence, either by choice or by, you know, counting, tracking, yeah. macro breakdown, that kind of the, the the metric side of things. Yeah, Or
1: h- mm-hmm.
0: hunger. Oh, my gosh, I'm ravenous, right? Because you're working <laughs> out at the wrong time or you're working yeah. out too much or your sleep was disturbed for a couple of nights and you think, oh no, I'm now, I'm, now, I'm, now I've screwed everything up and you stop, which yeah. is directly related to the stress response, cortisol, which is a big part of this weight loss uh, equation. Sure. Yep. And then I love this last one, the quality of food consumed during feast time. So mm, all of these things big. have been shown to be better with fasting, which is why, I feel that most people that can stick to it consistently for a few weeks are, are hooked. They're like, okay, this is it. I finally found my answer. Now, yeah, getting to the 50, 80, 100-pound weight loss, there's some right. checkpoints and stumbling blocks along the way. But for most people, for that initial 5, 8, 10 pounds, you, you're getting in there going, wow, okay, this is easier. Uh, your hunger cues go down usually in the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You sleep better. You're feeling better. And then you're like, you know what? Now I've got some momentum. I'm not going to ruin it with the Pizza Hut, right. you know, yep. double big box,
1: you know, <laughs>
0: family dinner, right? That has two pizzas to yeah. stick for nine ninety nine, right? You right. just you make you're making better decisions inherently.
1: Yeah, because you you like visualize actually making that choice and going, no, I I know that's going to make me feel a lot worse than this. Like brain fog is going to come back, scale is going to go up. Like yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be happy with that. And I I want to I want to set my next fasting timer but I know that's going to be more difficult if I do that. So, you know, it, it's like, you you don't have to give up all of your your favorite foods, but you're probably going to naturally find yourself saying no to them more often than you used to. And and feeling really good about that, which is which is really like, kind of mind blowing. Sometimes you, you can't see yourself taking that different action. And and it coming more naturally to you until you you just start to like jump in. And like you said, that snowball effect just starts to come. It's 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 crazy when the magic starts to, to happen like that. Yeah,
0: and I, I love it. I love it, absolutely love it. And you know, yeah. fasting has been the answer for us and so many of you guys out absolutely. there listening. Uh if you're just starting on your fasting journey, uh stick with it. And what we're gonna ask you to do, uh, regardless of where you're on your journey today, is come to our free community group, Fasting for Life community group that we have. The link is in the show notes. And there's two things that you can do this week to get engaged and continue the discussion. We've been finding that in our initial intent uh, has always been to keep this conversational, right? Because Mm -hmm. we've had guides along the way. Um, You know, you were there when I started fasting. You know, we have the challenges. We have the, the community group. We wanted a place where everybody could come and talk. And not have to worry about the first two rules of fasting, which are don't talk about fasting to people that don't know anything about (laughs) fasting. Okay. Right. In this group, those rules do not apply. Uh, It's a free community group. Come on in, continue the discussion. This week's discussion, uh, we want you guys to share your favorite fasting schedule or your favorite NSV, your favorite non scale victory. Mm, okay? Okay. Come get your questions answered, continue the discussion, be in a place of like minded individuals. We are very particular about this group and this community uh, because it is it is uh, it is not like some of the other groups out there. And I know we're biased, but I say that confidently (laughs) because I'm in all of them. Okay. yeah. So come on in. Click the show notes. Um, It's going to be a good discussion this week. And I just love that we've kind of changed to this new. But hey, let's continue the conversation because that's literally why we started it back back way back when.
1: Yes, agree a thousand percent. It's that, and it's that conversation that continues to evolve as you go through the journey that can make all the difference in, in yeah. that support and encouragement and feedback and like get it, keep, keep getting to the next level. And, um and it's just, it's just really cool. So yeah, come join in the conversation for sure. And there's so much great
0: experience in the group too, mm-hmm. right? I just love, I love the, the support and the encouragement Uh, that comes along the way. And sometimes you're looking for a little bit extra. You know, a lot of times you get, "Ah, I'm I'm all caught up on the podcast. What do I do now? Come to the group, hang out with us, continue the conversation, click the link in the show notes for the Fasting for Life community. Uh, Tommy, thank you as always for the conversation and uh, we'll see you on the inside.
1: Thank you, bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com And sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today.
0: Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.